podcasters. Dr. Mary here. And Dr. Rena. And welcome back to Skin the Surface. We're excited to announce that our official podcast website is now complete, so you can visit us at skinthesurfacepod.com for more information regarding the podcast. We'll now be linking articles and discussion posts related to our topics on the website, so be sure to check it out for the latest information related to the podcast. Now on to today's discussion where we're going to focus on a dangerous practice that's becoming increasingly popular worldwide called skin bleaching. So let's jump into this very juicy and controversial topic. What is skin bleaching? Well, skin bleaching or skin lightening is a practice where chemical substances are used to lighten the skin or even out the skin tone by slowing down pigment, also known as melanin production. This is a topic of special interest to me, being a Middle Eastern female and growing up having family members with darker Mediterranean complexion. So I know firsthand the popularity of skin lightening practices. So why are people lightening their skin and why is it so popular? Well, having fair unblemished skin has been so popular, not only in the United States, but also abroad, especially in African, Southeast Asian and Middle Eastern cultures. In fact, in certain cultures, having fair skin is associated with a higher social status, beauty and success, particularly among social media influencers. In some scenarios, people are so motivated to achieve a lighter skin tone or complexion that that they would be willing to do this at any cost. Wow, I had no idea this was such a common practice. As dermatologists, we definitely are familiar with lightening creams and their medical indications for treating a variety of skin conditions that can hyperpigment or darken the skin. Um, For instance, there's a skin condition called melasma, which is a hormonally influenced darkening of the skin that can occur um, during different hormonally driven states like pregnancy or if you're taking a hormonal supplement like birth control. Also, um, after you have a rash, a bug bite, or even a burn, you can develop dark marks. In this scenario, um, these are referred to as post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. And that's because these dark marks, they're more like a stain on the skin that's caused by the inflammation happening underneath the skin. Microscopically, what you see in these conditions are hyperpigmentation from increased production of pigment, um, as Rena mentioned, is referred to as melanin. So in these situations, lightening creams can be used for a short duration of time to a limited area to fade the dark marks and hyperpigmentation. But what I didn't realize is that people are using these lightening treatments far beyond what is medically indicated. Yeah, Mary, exactly. In fact, it is among the largest and fastest growing sector in the cosmeceutical industry. This is really a force to be reckoned with. It is a multi-million dollar industry worldwide. So how do most of these people lighten their skin? What are they using? Well, that's a great question, Mary. Most commonly, topicals that contain skin bleaching ingredients are combined together in products. The type of ingredient percentage and the strength of each ingredient is what is the most important to pay attention to to avoid any harmful side effects, which we will dive into a moment. The main ingredients in skin bleaching creams are mercury, hydroquinone, retinoid, vitamin C, and a topical steroid. These ingredients can be found in both over-the-counter and prescription topicals. Hydroquinone is actually the most commonly used ingredient worldwide in skin lightening creams. Hydroquinone does not actually bleach the skin, but works by blocking melanin production or that pigment production, as we talked about before. Because of its popularity, the European, Japanese, and U.S. regulatory agencies came together to make this 
safety guideline to avoid overuse and abuse of this ingredient. It is available in 2% and 4% concentrations in both over-the-counter and prescription formulations. Now, mercury is an ingredient that is primarily used in products purchased online from other countries, but it can also be found in personal care stores in the United States. It can be found in a variety of products from creams, toners, serums, to even soaps. And it has become popular because it is relatively inexpensive and does get the job done in terms of removing dark spots and lightening your skin tone. Even though the FDA and the European Union limits the concentration of mercury from one to 70 parts per million, just doing a quick Google search reveals that there are many mercury-containing skin lightening products out there with levels well above these limits. That's so fascinating, Rena. Um, a lot of these treatments are ones we actually would recommend for our own patients with hyperpigmentation, specifically their retinoids, vitamin C, and hydroquinone. And if used appropriately, these can be safe and effective. But there are some serious side effects that can happen with these treatments that I'm sure many people aren't aware of when they're getting these products over the counter, particularly with the overuse of high concentrations of hydroquinone, because this can actually lead to a paradoxical and irreversible darkening of the skin called ochronosis. That's exactly right, Mary. In general, people don't really know the harms of using these creams because often they are recommended by word of mouth. And until recently through social media, the harms of these skin lightening products have not been openly discussed. So as I mentioned earlier, hydroquinone can block pigment production. And if you use consistently for greater than six months at a time, then there is a risk of developing what you mentioned before, ochronosis. And this is a blue-black pigmentation of the skin. Now, mercury po poisoning is especially serious. Mercury can be damaging to your kidneys without you even knowing it. It may also injure your nerves and lead to permanent numbness or tingling in your hands, feet, and around your mouth. Mercury can be harmful when exposed during pregnancy because it can also harm the developing brains of the fetus. Now, if one individual in the household is using a skin lightening product with mercury, are other members in the household at risk for mercury toxicity? Well, believe it or not, yes. Um, close contacts may develop mercury poisoning, which can cause tremors, irritability, and may lead to even issues with hearing and eyesight. And this can happen from direct contact or just by inhaling mercury vapors. That is so frightening. So basically from what you're saying, people should avoid mercury at all costs. Exactly. So how can you really tell if a skin lightener contains mercury before you use it? Well, here are some helpful tips. First, look at the list of ingredients. According to the World Health Organization, a product that contains mercury contains one of these ingredients, calomel, cinnabaris, quicksilver, and of course, mercuric. Next is to look at the color of the cream. So if the topical contains a lot of mercury, it often appears cream-colored or gray. And as we know, there are many products out there that appear cream-colored and lack mercury, so it's really important to take a good peek at the label. And the last tip is, that I recommend is that if the lightning cream damages silver, gold, or aluminum jewelry, then it likely contains mercury as mercury tarnishes these. Those are some great tips. This discussion is definitely making me more energized to warn patients about the harmful effects of skin lightening practices. I hope that having a better understanding of the potential negative effects of these products will encourage people to take caution when they use over-the-counter skin lightening creams. And when in doubt, it's always important to consult with your board-certified dermatologist before you apply these creams to your skin. Exactly. And as members of a Melanin Melting Pot Society, we must all really understand the influence of skin lightening in order to create a meaningful change towards having a healthier skin care practice. 
Well, that's all we have for today. I hope you enjoyed this topic as much as I did. It's always interesting to hear about a skincare practice that many of us didn't know about before. I for sure will never look at bleaching creams the same. Next week, we're going to discuss a topic that I think many of us can relate to, and that is excess sweating. But when is it just normal sweating, and when is sweating actually considered excessive? And better yet, what can we do to treat it? Tune in next week to find out.